friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I am so excited that you're here. Every week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Guys, today you're listening to episode number 158, and my guest is Rachel Myers. Rachel lives in Tennessee with her family, and she is the co-founder and CEO of She Reads Truth. Now, She Reads Truth mission is getting women in the Word of God every single day. I met Rachel a few years ago, but I fell in love with her and her heart for God's Word and her way of welcoming us into her stories through her book, She Reads Truth, that she co-wrote with Amanda Williams, who has also been on the show before. I read that last fall and loved every minute of it. Today on the show, we talk about Rachel leading a Bible study in her neighborhood for the first time, what it's like for her to be her husband's boss, and how God is faithful no matter what. Good times, bad times, God's faithfulness never changes. We also talk about walking through suffering and how we as friends can walk alongside of our friends who are suffering. You guys, I'm a fan of Instagram. If you want to share anything about the show, find me over there. I'm at Jamie Ivy. And while you're there, look for Rachel because she's on a big trip this week. You might want to follow her along. Okay, friends, I have been teasing this announcement for about two weeks now. And I finally get to tell you what I'm so excited about. Okay, so here is the big news. I am so beyond excited to tell you that I am heading on an unforgettable trip to Guatemala from November 7th through 10th with my friend Jessica Honecker and some other powerhouse entrepreneurs to discover the beauty of Guatemala while experiencing the vulnerability, courage, and practicality of navigating life as a woman in business. Now, you may be thinking, Jamie, why is that such good news for us? But here's what the best news about that is, is that you could win a spot on this trip. Yes, you heard me right. You can win a spot to join Jessica and I on this trip. You're going to get direct access to each of us as we travel together and dig into nightly roundtable chats about design and podcasting, photography, social entrepreneurship. So here's what you need to do. Head on over to gogettersgetaway.com and sign up to get all the entry details on how you can join us on this adventure that we're calling the Go Getters Giveaway. Now, I told you Jessica Honiger is coming and you're familiar with her because she's been on the show. Also, some new friends of mine are coming. Jenna Kutcher, who is a photographer and creator of the Gold Digger podcast, which I listen to all the time. And Veronica Hamlet, who's interior designer and founder of Hamlet Interiors. Plus, maybe you. Two lucky winners are coming. So seriously, guys, get all the information at gogettersgetaway.com. All the information is up there. You're basically going to upload a photo or a video to this webpage. Tell us why you should be on the trip. And then you're going to ask all your friends to vote. Trust me, go over there and you can find it all. Okay, guys, also at the end of this show, I'm going to recap a little bit about Happy Hour Live and my book that releases in January. Oh my gosh, we're talking about it already. It's so exciting. And I'm inviting you to help me launch it. So listen to the end. I'll tell you about that. Also, I've had some of you ask me, where do I find all these books you talk about? Where do I find all the web pages? Guys, listen, everything is always over on my webpage, jamieivy.com. All right, friends, here is my conversation with Rachel. Hey, Rachel, welcome to the happy hour. Hey, happy to be here. I am so glad you're here. And um, it's fun to chat with you. I was just in Nashville recently, and I wish that we were sitting down together for real, like girlfriends do, like at your great favorite restaurant. But instead, we'll have to do it over Skype. But that's okay for both of us, I guess. Or if I were in Austin, because that's also a great place to be. Or if you were in Austin, I, do you come to Austin mm-hmm. ever often? 
you know, I, I come probably once or twice a year, not a ton, but, okay. um, but it's, a, I, and, and, but when I come, I tend to get the opportunity to walk around and hang out a little bit. So I, I think it's a pretty great city. I think Austin's the best city, so I'm just biased, but Nashville is super fun as well. <laughs> um, okay. So I'm glad you're here. I've been wanting to chat with you for a while. I chat with your partner in crime, Amanda Bible Williams on episode number 110. My and girl. so that's your girl. So you guys yeah. both run She Reads Truth and I don't know your specific titles. I should know them. Like I should have done my research. I could guess if I wanted to, but will you just tell me what is your title there? It's so fun. I feel like the titles are so fussy and the reality of them is like when we made Shiri's Truth official, like had to like make it, you know, you have to come up with them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so we literally Googled titles. We were Mm. like, what best describes what we do and what we hope to do? And like, I don't know, like, so my title is CEO, which is somewhat laughable. Like my degree is interior design. I don't know, but here I am in the CEO (laughs) seat and not a lot of business training, but like a lot of of really smart people around me. So we're I'm getting like this crash course and actually like getting the hang of it in some ways. So it's kind of fun. So anyway, I'm the CEO. Amanda is chief content officer. So if like if you had to put it really, really simply, like I would say she's the guardian of the voice and mm-hmm. I'm the guardian of the vision. Mm. Why can't we have that as your title? Guardian of the vision. I'm guardian of the vision. I mean, I would love that. That's <laughs> let's change it. We need to start My email to- signature is officially <laughs> changed. changed. Guardian of the vision. I like that a lot better. That sounds really, really, really like, like bad. I can't say the word like a bad a woman. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. So there's that. Everybody watch out. This is serious. (laughs) It is. It is. So here's what's funny too. And I want to talk with you about this. We're going to talk about so many things. Like we're going to be all over the place because you have so much awesome stuff to talk about. But last summer, my husband, Aaron and I created an LLC, right? So we both are authors and speakers and he's a songwriter. So we're like, let's just create this thing, right? Yeah. So we're creating it and we're doing this. This is what I imagine you and Amanda doing. So we're sitting there and we're like doing the paperwork and we have to come up with titles, right? Yes. And so he was like, what do you want your title to be? And I'm like, president. Like I want to, I want to be in charge of everything. And I don't even, honestly, I don't remember what our titles are, but I remember this conversation right here when he was like, okay, so we need to distribute the percentage wise. How much do you want? And I was like, 51%. (laughs) Fifty-one percent, <laughs> and, and he was like, "You were like a hundred. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was like, "Why don't we just do fifty-fifty?" And I was like, "Ah, I don't know. I think I want fifty-one. We went with fifty-fifty, <laughs> but it was a funny yeah. moment between the two of us because he was like, "Jamie, come on, seriously, can't we be equal partners here?" And I was like, "I know you're right. We'll be equal partners. Sure, 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 sure. sure whatever. We have to pick titles. It's um, in our nature to want to grab for a little bit more than just we, a little bit, we, right?" <laughs> Uh, yeah. Just a little bit, just a little bit. Um, so I don't know what my title is at that company either. I think president's great, I but think I think you president. could come, something, come up with something really fancy if you needed to. We totally to. should. We totally should. Um, okay, so crash course in running a business, which honestly, here's the thing. You're not alone here. I mean, people who are listening to, to this. Yeah, I, I would imagine people who are listening to this, there are a lot of opportunities these days for women in particular to create their own lane and create their own business and do what they're doing. Choose and your own adventure. <laughs> choose your own adventure. And then you can choose your own title and you can be whatever the guardian yeah. of whatever you want. And so I think a lot of people are, you know, in the same ball field as you are. And I hope you're getting to meet them and yeah. get you know, some it's wisdom. It's really funny because like years, like we just celebrated our fifth year 
which is also a little bit mind-blowing and cool. But we didn't start being us in our current context until about three years ago. And every year, it just feels like, every year it's just like, oh, we have to like have more employees now. Or like mm-hmm. we need HR. Like who needs HR in their right. company? I guess people do, <laughs> it turns out. Right. It's just like the funniest things where you're just like, that literally never occurred to me that we should be thinking about maternity leave. Or I, I don't know, like there are just all types of things that like nobody trained me for. And no. I'm glad that we have people around us who like know what they're talking about. So I just lean on people a whole lot. Oh my gosh. Well, I was just listening to a podcast by my friend, Rachel Hollis, who has this business podcast, which you'd probably like. And she oh, was yeah. talking with someone today and they were talking about how it's really good for people who starting with the creative craft that they have. And let's just say that's what you started out. I mean, you, you didn't start out yeah. to run a business with maternity leave no. and everything. So, no, you know, no, no. you started out and you just kind of have to do everything she said it's it's best for people to get the experience of doing what they love and creating something without getting paid for it necessarily because then yeah. you just kind of take these small steps. And then next thing you know, for you guys, yeah. you have an HR department, you know, and I you mean, would have never thought that. Yeah. I mean, like even three years ago, this was a line item on our family's budget. It was a, I guess, like you could call it a passion project, but it was mm-hmm. more of just like an obedience to a calling. And when we became official, Amanda and I set a goal that we could switch it from being a cost to our families to making $1,000 a month each. Mm-hmm. Like that was our goal, just like enough to cover the cost of the value of our time. Yeah. And and now it's my full-time job and hers and a dozen other people's. That's something that like we're able to like do in earnest with commitment to like long-term viability by the grace of God, because it cannot be from me. So yeah, it's just pretty wild. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Well, I love it. I am a super fan of hearing just women chase dreams and then watching, you know, just everything unfold. But there could be people listening who don't even know what She Roots Truth is. And I told them just a snippet of it when I introduced you at the beginning. But tell us your elevator pitch. What is She Reads Truth? 
Yeah. Our mission is simple. We're women in the word of God every day. And what that means is we have an app, we have a website, a lot of other things. We do printed materials, um, but all of those things are the means to the end of getting women uh, to open the Bibles every day. And so the way we do that, like sort of our vehicle is just creating Bible reading plans. And we, uh, right now, I think we have about five or 600,000 women reading through the book of Romans. That is um, unbelievable. You said five, how many? Five or 600,000. Hundred. Hundred thousand, yes. That's a large city. (laughs) That is, uh, I mean, it's a metropolis for sure. (laughs) And it's all around the world. And like, and now men are reading. So we have He Reads Truth. And and this, for the Romans plan that started at the beginning of June. So that's over now. But um, but the Romans plan started at the beginning of June. We had um, a kid's book for the first time. So kids read truth. And so like, it's this whole like renewed purpose of gathering the family around God's word and like having this new goal of like biblical literacy across generations and like, how can we achieve that? So we are having a good time right now. And like anytime we like, we don't think numbers very often because I think it overwhelms us and we Mm -hmm. just kind of have to go like, what's the next thing that we need to obey with. Mm -hmm. But when we do think about that number of like people all around the world that are in, you know, Romans chapter six today, Mm. it's really mind blowing. That is totally mind blowing. I honestly, the number has blown me away right now. I don't know what I would have thought it was, Rachel. I don't know. I mean, that's amazing. My friend Kim Ellis, who I've talked about her stuff before. I'm going to send you guys some of her necklaces in case you have any like mamas with babies. It's TV necklaces. So give it to your girls in the office. When they go on maternity leave, that's the gift you give them, okay? It's their baby shower gift. Anyhow, my friend Kim and her husband, Philip, works with my husband, Aaron. They're doing their whole family this, this summer, Romans. Oh, so cool. I know. Like, she has little boys, and they're doing it all together. You know, for as much as I, um, you know, get to talk about, you know, all the women all around the world who are reading the Bible with us, which is so cool, I actually confessed this on Instagram the other day. I have never led a small group Bible study. Like I've never actually been a leader of one. I saw you say that. Um, and I don't know, maybe that's not as flabbergasting as it sounds, but to me, it's just been like this point of like, oh my goodness, like, because I'm surrounded by so many very smart, amazing women who love the word mm-hmm. that I get to be the recipient of that. And that's good for me because I'm pouring out all day long. And so it's good for me to get poured into, but you know, when you are, you know, the leader of an organization that, that does what we do, I felt like you know, I need to, I need to do this for myself and see what it's like. If I, if I were one of the she's that I'm asking to lead a group and, um, Jamie, I invited all the women from my street to, um, to do the Bible study with us. And we're new to our street. And I, I background is, um, grew up in a Christian school, went to a Christian college, lead a organization. So like my world Mm -hmm. is small. My bubble is very, what is a good way to say that a bubble? Like (laughs) you kind of live in a Christian world. Yeah. So, and my bubble was very resilient. Uh And so I just assumed that like, yeah, let's all read Romans again. Like, let's do it together this time. And so I invited, I think there are eight women on my street and five of them were able to come the first night. And I had like the day before Hazel and I like walked to everybody's door and like gave them a Romans book and just got excited about it. But like one by one, they started texting me or emailing me the night before. And they were like, Hey, like, just so you know, like I've never actually read the Bible before. So like, if it's cool, like I want to come, but like, I'm nervous because I'm not going to know what to say, Mm. but it was all of them. 
it turns out none of the women on my street um, grew up with the Bible. Um, like one woman is uh, like a devout Jew and she texted me. She was like, I'm so glad you invited me. I thought you would have skipped me over. Like, thank oh, you so wow. much. Yeah. So she only has the Old Testament. And so like reading Romans for her, she was like, no, I'm really interested. Like, what's it all about? What's the story here? Wow. So I guess I just kind of got thrown into the deep end. <laughs> Bible yeah, you study did. Later. So we and are, you couldn't have started with like John or something. No, I mean, no, it had to be Romans and it had to be Paul. It's fine. I don't know. It just feels like a joke. Um, so, yeah. so how's it so going? I mean, the first night it we ended up. I kind of had to like regroup my plan because it wasn't going to be like, well, you know, we've all learned this before, but have we found something new here today? Mm. It turns out it was like I needed to just kind of go here's the context of this. Paul's going to talk a lot about Jews and Gentiles. And here's why, like, here's where Paul came from. He used to be Saul. Mm -hmm. He used to call himself Saul. <laughs> and, and so I actually, it became this cool opportunity to kind of say like, here's Paul's background. Like, here's what he's bringing to the table. And then we kind of got to go around and say what we were bringing to the table. And it ended up being the coolest, like for each of them to go like, you know, my dad was, you know, a, a priest and I just didn't really learn about the Bible. And I don't know, I'm just curious to be here. Like, I don't really have a lot of background. Like all of these little, like everybody had a story just like Paul did. And it kind of gave me this like cool door to share my story. Yeah. And, um, my story is a lot different than a lot of theirs, but in some ways it can also be pretty compelling in terms of what brought me to where I am. And I, I, last night we met again and it was only two girls could come this time because of summer schedules. Yeah. Um, and it was two girls that hadn't come the week before. So it was like a brand new Bible So it was study. like a repeat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so we ended up uh, just kind of doing like what, where the spirit led. It was, it's so funny. And I feel like I have to come to the table prepared, but we're yeah. never doing what I prepare. And like, that's okay. Um, yeah. because we're praying and we're, we're like, we're opening the word and I guess that's the goal. I, so it's just, okay. I, I feel like I'm learning like a brand new person, even though then I come to the office and I'm like, let's write another Bible study team. Yeah. That yeah. is so encouraging because I'll tell you this, just like this summer, I was like, Aaron, my husband, I was like, I think I want to have a Bible study in my house, which like you, I'm like, I do a lot of church things, right? Sure. Um, yeah. It's been a really, really, really long time since I've led a Bible study in my home. Um, and he's like, well, of course you should. And I literally, until just this moment, this is embarrassing for me to admit, but I'm just going <laughs> to go first. Okay. I literally was thinking, oh, who are the Christians that I could invite? Like, yeah. And like, why didn't I like just walk through my neighborhood and invite everybody? Right. Like, thank you for that, Rachel. Yeah. Thank you for that yeah. little moment. If I hadn't assumed that everyone on my street was a Christian, I think I would have been hesitant. But like, I think that the Lord just kind of gave me a boldness, uh, maybe a foolish boldness. Um, and and so it, it is a Bible study full of non-believers. Mm. Now, do you guys at She Reads Truth, like, this is just a question for anyone thinking they want to lead one of your studies. Do y'all put out leader guides or is it just kind of, we're all going to go through this together? All together. No okay. leader guide. Okay. Um, and, and so like Romans, for example, it has like these group study questions. So you could gather like a group of girls every weekend or one day a week or a group of guys and girls. Mm -hmm. Like we designed, especially a summer study to do well as like guys and girls, but there's no specific leader guide. It's, it. but there are questions. There, there are guiding questions, which kind of have to go like, Hey, what'd you think about this question? Mm -hmm. Just yeah. something. 
the more yeah. I'm doing this, the more I'm feeling compassionate for all the leaders <laughs> and feeling like, all right, guys, I need to help you out a little bit more. I can, I can see where you're sitting there now. I can see yeah. this might be hard for you. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's gotta be like partly like personality for me though. And maybe it is reach like, like my personality type, whatever it is, I don't really know anything about Enneagram, but like I'm a leader, but I'm not like a small group leader. Like I can stand on a stage and deliver a talk. Like I can write a talk, you know, in the quiet of my bedroom to address women about God's word and about, you know, living the Christian life. But when it comes to like sitting in my living room with five people who like, I want to like me, that's the most terrifying thing to me. And I think that's probably why, like I've, I've tried to drill down why haven't I done this before? And I think that's right. Gotta be why. Well, I am kind of like you a little bit. That is a little bit scarier for me to be like, I'm stuck in a room with you guys for an hour Instead yes, of like, I'm on a stage. Right, yeah. And I, I have a lot of control on the stage, as weird as that sounds, but you do. It's true. And yeah. you, they can ask questions. Like, they can ask <laughs> <Yes>. questions. <laughs> I did not open this up for questions. <laughs> this is not question time, guys. <laughs> <laughs> or like, when I write, I have an editor, and then we all agree this is worth publishing, and then yes. we publish it. Nobody does that for when I'm talking. <laughs> that is so fun. There's no censor either. Like, no one's oh. telling you you shouldn't say that. It just comes oh. out, and then it's there. So I'm oh. learning to get permission to say, I don't know, instead of answer a stupid answer. <laughs> that's so good. And people need to know that and know that that's okay. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I'll come back, you know, like, because it makes you kind of have to be on your toes as well. Like, I'm going to go look at it. If I can take away all those scary things, then leading a Bible study is less scary. There you go. Well, you may have just taken those scary things away for people. So there's that. <laughs> so. Um, okay, Rachel, I wanted to ask you this earlier. When we're talking about running a business. I know, because you told me, that you are actually your husband's boss. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I am my husband's boss, which is, um, he, let me think, he's worked for She Reads Truth now for, I think, two years. Okay. And like, there was kind of like no way around it. There came a point where he was like doing all our design work, working full time and then doing all our design work at night. And just like, we cannot burn the candle at both ends like right. this. And like, we're going to have to make something happen. But like the desire to bring him on a director came so far before the decision to, and like yeah. kind of the time in between desire and decision was like, I mean, we just sat in our pastor's study for hours, like talk to us about this. Like our marriage matters to us more than anything, mm -hmm. um, even more than this business. And how can, like, we wanted to like be so careful, like, you know, like you wrap plastic around a sofa, careful. Like mm -hmm. there's just, this is not worth putting at risk, but you know, we uniquely, like we met when we were seven, we grew up together. We've spent so much of our lives together. I mean, we raised each other. We got married, when we were 20. So like, we've got a lot of experience working closely together, knowing each other really well. And so while I don't think it would work for every couple, it really works for us to the point where like, I mean, he leaves the house before I do in the morning. And like this morning, like he kissed me goodbye and he's like, I'll see you at the office. Like, and I said to him, I'm so glad it's not, I'll see you at the end of the day. Like Aww. we look forward to that. We have fun. So there That's is awesome. so working together is one thing. Now, being his boss has had like moments for sure in the last two years where like, I think by and large, it's been great and uniquely wonderful, but there have definitely been times that have been tense. Like, you know, we'll be at home talking about a work situation that, you know, we're at opposite ends on. And, you know, I've had to ask the question, are you talking to me as your wife or as your boss? Because there's uh. two different ways. It's just tough. Like there have yeah. been 
where we're like, is this going to work? And at any point, like, I feel like we have this like ripcord nearby. Like if at any point we feel like this is jeopardizing the more important thing, then like ripcord we pull, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you who this could not work for. Um, Jamie and Aaron Ivy. That's who this could not work for. <laughs> oh you're my the God. President. I know. Yes, I am the president <laughs> of a very small corporation over here. Um, we love each other dearly. We both uh, would want to be in charge. And so that's where our struggle yeah. would be. So that's funny. And, and I think the thing here's here's another reason that it works. Um, I trust him implicitly. Like, mm. and, and partly because he's my husband and I know him, but also because he's so good at what he does. He's so good at his job. So good as a creative director, like everything you see from she reads truth. That is so beautiful, including like the she reads truth Bible. Like he's the creative director of all of that. And so like to have him on my team is like, not because he was like the closest guy with like an Adobe Photoshop program. Like (laughs) it's because he's good. And so we like right now, um, I can say this because this is coming out in September. Right now we're redesigning our app, like from scratch, ground up, like lighting a match, walking away and starting over. Mm. And he is spearheading that. And so we're going through these, like, you know, we have to like do approvals every week of the, you know, screens that he's designed. I'm like, I don't know if I like that, you know? And yeah. and he's just like, Rachel, you have researched this. I know, like, I just have to go like, no, I trust you. Like you've mm. done, you've brought us this far. And so being the boss of somebody who's so good at what they do is easy. He makes it easy. I trust him. Uh, okay. I love it. Well, I think that y'all, and you're not both doing the same job as well. So, I mean, it's like, you know, th- right. he's doing what something you can't do. I assume. I don't know if you can do what he does, but (laughs) for sure. (laughs) Different skill sets. Different skill sets. So many things I can't do, Jamie. Okay, guys, I know you're loving my conversation with Rachel because I loved it when we did it the first time. But I want to thank our sponsors because they make the happy hour happen. First, I want to thank Honest Tea. For almost 20 years, Honesty has committed to being transparent and authentic through its organic and fair trade certified bottled teas and kids' juice drinks. They produce a refreshingly honest product, both with what's in their bottle and in their outlook. Just take a sip and taste the honest difference. Now, I'm joining Honest Tea in celebrating the lighthearted ways that we are less than perfect through the hashtag that they're using, Refreshingly Honest Project. So what is hashtag refreshingly honest? It is sharing our truth in exchange for an aha moment when we realize through a shared laugh, a like, or a sigh of relief that everyone else is just like us, perfectly imperfect. For example, you guys, when I was younger, I used to get my hair cut every week. Now I'm up to once every 52 weeks. So guys, listen, are you refreshingly honest? Share the fun and funny ways you're less than perfect on social media by using the hashtag refreshingly honest. Want more honesty? You can learn more by visiting honesty. That's T-E-A dot com slash podcast. Guys, I'd also like to thank our next sponsor for the show, and that is ZipRecruiter. Are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Finding great talent can be tough. Thankfully, with ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites with just one click. Then, their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your job better than anyone else. And that, my friends, is why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within just 24 hours. No juggling emails or calls to your office. 
Simply screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, my listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That is right, guys, for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash HH. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash HH. One more time, to try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash HH. Okay, thank you, Honesty and ZipRecruiter, for sponsoring the happy hour. Now we're going to get back to the rest of my show with Rachel. Um, Okay, so you said, you mentioned it, the Bible. The Bible. Uh, It came out in April. When we started working on it, I think my daughter was four. She's seven now. Wow. Um, I mean, it's been a long time coming. We've been working on this thing. I never knew a project could take so long, especially because the other projects that we've done were so expedited. Mm -hmm. Like the trade book that came out in 2016, we wrote it. And it released within the course of like eight months, like from Which like just for people yeah. who are listening and you don't understand that is that's, that's crazy. Insane. Like that's we insane. over like three months and then three months later, it was in like on bookshelves. That Which doesn't it, happen. That's it not normal. Take about 18 months. So that was wild. So that to say that like, I'm not used to the timetable of like, this will take two and a half years. And yeah. just like, what if... I mean, there's so much art in that Bible. There's so much like design decision that you just kind of like, we kept going like, well, will these like, will this hand lettering be cool in 2017? Like, yeah. well, people like these colors. It's so hard to forecast, even like choosing. I pushed so hard for the Navy. We call it the vegan leather. It's imitation mm-hmm but I like to call it vegan. <laughs> I was like, I really believe we need to do Navy. Like I'm looking at what Madewell is doing. I'm looking at like what Anthro is doing. I think it has to be Navy. And like everybody, you know, at Lifeway was just like, no, like that's like old Baptist preacher color. Like you uh-huh. can't do that. And I was like, I think we have to, like, I think in 2017, this will be cool. And it turns out it was like people Look at really you. The Navy, but it's such a risk. I mean, yeah. a lot of project is a risk. Well, it's because you're in your design background's coming in, you know, and you're thinking this I is going to work. There it is. My call, my degree, it's working. <laughs> thank you, thank you, school. Um, okay, so was your husband the spearhead for the design for that Bible? Yeah, he was. So most of the design was done in house um, okay. at Truth Office. So he was the creative director, and then our art director, Amanda Barnhart also was like hugely instrumental in like the charts and the colors. We've color coded the whole Bible by genre. And so like, we've just like, we've tried like throughout the whole thing to use colors to communicate information. And like, one of the things is, you know, going like that's gospel blues. I know I'm reading a gospel and I know how to read a gospel because there's a chart that tells me how to read a gospel. Um, and so there's all sorts of things that we, we got to do, you know, as we, you know, put reading plans in each book of the Bible, as we put charts and maps in like really cool looking timelines that actually make sense for the first time, you know? Yes. And so our design department was really instrumental. I, it feels like I haven't looked at a map in my Bible since I was in like third grade. Right. You know, like yeah. we used yeah. to have them in the back and that's what we did during church was like, look at the maps. Right. But this Bible with the maps, I found myself like, I want to look at this more it stood out to me a little bit more. And I know that was intention on you guys. Um, it is such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Bible. So kudos We're to you guys. crazy about it. And I, I feel like just like you said, with, you know, with maps, we just felt like that needed to be reimagined. Like it really needed yeah. to be something that you wanted to look at. And so we actually did 50-50. We, like half of them are like, 
you know, sort of graphically designed. And then half of them are kind of done like cartography style. Caleb Ferris um, is an illustrator here in town and he illustrated all those, like half of the maps and Mm -hmm. they're so pretty. And we've ended up using them in our study books too, because they're just so cool. Yeah. Now this seems like a wild idea. Like let's produce a Bible. I don't know. It just feels like it's like this thing that's way off that. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, it's, it feels like a really big, like, I think, you know, people have asked me and I don't let this get to me, but like, Rachel, you're 34 um, and you've produced a Bible. Like what's right. next? You know, like, yeah. where do you go from here? Yeah. Um, and I don't feel that way at all. I feel like I've got so much left to do for, for sure. sure. But um, for sure, I see it different than what they said to you. I see it like this, man, what gumption to think I'm 34 <laughs> And, you know, owner of this woman run company and I am not the president of a seminary and I'm going to do this. Try. (laughs) I'm going to, you've got to see the list of names in that credits section. There are so many people who made that happen besides me. But yeah, I mean, the idea of doing a She Reads Truth Bible, like on one hand, it was like, absolutely not. And I think those words definitely came out of my mouth multiple times. Just like, nope, I revere God's word. Mm -hmm. It is, Mm -hmm. I mean, we, like we were raised, like you don't put like another book on top of it. Like physically, you don't set things on top of your Bible. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. it's a big deal. It's the same way we felt when we did the Kickstarter campaign for the app, like to, to launch a Bible app. You know, I just thought like, Lord, I don't think that we should be doing a Bible app. Like this is your word. This is so holy. And for Mm -hmm. us to be like working so closely with it feels like the right amount of terrifying, you know, which is good. I mean, it's a huge responsibility. You're carrying a weight. It's a huge responsibility. Yeah. And so, I mean, way before I get, I mean, it's like when Ryan came to work for us, like the the process from you know desire decision with the bible was long a mm-hmm. lot of going like and even like it launched with a new translation yes. it launched with the csb and that was new and we were like okay we're not i we're very translation picky and we're going to need to like not just us look at this, but we want our pastors to approve of this. Like we mm-hmm. want to know that this is not some wacky, jacky translation that's trying to prove something. And it's have not, you gotten any? I mean, have you gotten any pushback for that? Uh, no, I I think that people are really refreshed by the CSB because I mean, kind of like if I give you like you know, Bible translation 101, a lot of translations are word for word. And then a lot of translations are thought for thought. And so one is really literal and one is really readable. What the CSB aims to achieve is to be both. And they call it kind of like optimal equivalence. And so it is both literal and readable. And so it's my favorite Bible to read. And it, it, mm-hmm. it isn't out there making statements. Like there are moments where it says, you know, in it says brothers and sisters instead of brothers, but like mm-hmm. overall, it's just, it's, it's a way to um, let the reader feel like they're a part of the story. Yeah. Well, it's beautiful and I've recommended it and gifted it. So super, super excited about that. Okay. I want to, I want to jump into something and I wanted to talk with you about this because so I, uh, you should be so excited. Well, you wrote it, so <laughs> it'll be good for you. So okay. I read um, your book, She Reads Truth that you yeah. wrote with Amanda mm-hmm. and Amanda and I talked about it when she was on the show as well, but I'm glad I get to talk with you about it because I read it last fall at the beach and just cried and laughed and even sent my husband Aaron away with the chapter to read as well. And so I love that. I think I remember you maybe sending us a photo or something of you I reading it I on did. the beach because I have yes. a more memory of that. That's Aww. great. Well, so your chapter that you wrote called Fresh Out of Hope, and in case you don't have it sitting there in front of you, I'll refresh your mind. This is a chapter where you wrote literally the title, Fresh Out of Hope, where you just felt like I'm done. I I have no more hope. 
I feel depleted. Uh, you and your husband had walked through several, if not, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to say it, like six miscarriages yeah. at this time that you wrote this. And so I feel like this is something that is very relatable to women because it may not be miscarriages and it may not be whatever your struggles have been or my struggles have been. I feel like we've all felt that way. Like, yeah. I just don't know if yeah, I can do another. Yeah. Nothing left. Like hope is for other people. And I don't know if I can believe this word that I read every day. And you talk about really sitting with Philippians for a month and, mm-hmm. and going through that. But you said something in here that this is what I want to talk with you about. And you had already been through Philippians, all that kind of stuff. And you said this, you're pregnant. This is what you're writing. You find out you're pregnant. Yes. Yes. You, okay. So here we go. I won't make you scan ahead to learn that the headline of the next nine months was this. By the grace of a never stopped being faithful God, I had a textbook pregnancy and delivery. Her name is Hazel, a Hebrew name which translates look to God. Now I want to be clear. God's faithfulness is independent of and unaffected by our present circumstances. That's what I underlined 8,000 times. Um, and then you go on to say, I say never stop being faithful because that pregnancy and delivery aren't the things that made God faithful. And we would be missing something foundational to believe they were. Think about that for a second. If God's faithfulness were dependent on our good days and our bad days, that would mean his faithfulness changes with the wind, even from person to person. That would give credence to statements like this. I'm having a good day, so my God is faithful. But you're having a tragic year, so your God is less faithful. It's just not true. James 1.17 tells us God does not change like shifting shadows. He is one God and he is one way. Having a healthy baby after losing five others does not mean that God was finally good to us or finally on our side. He was faithful through every loss, every ache, every joy. God was permanent when even our own children passed away. It also feels worthy saying out loud that contentment is not a formula which produces a thing you want the moment you finally decide you can live without it. In my case, God was doing work in my heart in the area of contentment while growing a child in my womb I didn't know about. This miracle would not serve to erase my anxiety, but to call me out into a much deeper water of trust in his sovereign plan, a very scary place for me. Finding out I was pregnant was not the fairy tale bow at the end of my tale of woe. It was a humbling exercise of faith, faith in a God who I knew in my head to be good, but felt in my heart that his goodness might equal me not getting what I wanted. God was good the day we left the hospital after delivery with no baby in our arms. And he was good the day we left the hospital with Hazel Wren strapped into a car seat. Two very different days, the very same God. And I remember reading that and I thought to myself, oh, change the circumstances and that's me, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Change the circumstances and that's all of us. And you write that and it's very moving and it's very encouraging to all of us, but actually living those days, what was that yeah. like for you? Oh, I wasn't good at it. That's for sure. Uh-huh. I, and I even wrote about that. Like, all, I mean, that section is called excessive epitaphs because mm-hmm. I spent so much of my pregnancy with Hazel uh, imagining what we would need to write on her headstone next to her mm-hmm. sisters. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure. But the thing that I was learning was that God was, that God was a sure bet that, um, while hope felt, um, naive, I had to like kind of drill down, okay, hope in what? Like the Mm. Bible doesn't say, Bible doesn't promise this. I looked and it doesn't, but the Bible does promise this. Like the Bible promises that he's not going to leave me. Promises, the Bible promises that if I seek him, I'll find him. And so that's where I drilled down into like, 
there's a one thing that is permanent and everything else is passing away. Everything else is shifting, but it takes that rocking of your boat to realize that I think sometimes, because otherwise you feel like, oh, you know, it's another day here. I come, I'm at the office and I'm doing my thing, but, um, but it takes that like jolt out of the expected, you know, it takes the tragedy sometimes to realize that everything is not guaranteed, but something Mm -hmm. is. And I think that sometimes we fall short of that full conclusion. Sometimes we just throw our arms in the air and say, everything is not guaranteed. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to respond to that in an unhealthy way. But like, I think that the people that do that are forgetting to finish their sentence. They're forgetting Mm. to go, everything is not guaranteed, but one thing is guaranteed. And like, and here it is, it's all outlined in God's word. It's, it's there for the reading. It's there for the taking in. And when you take it in, you realize that like, there's a whole lot that's guaranteed and it's guaranteed not because of anything we've done, but because of what Christ has done. And all we have to do is respond to that and get the assurance Mm. that comes with that. And so on what feels like a large scale of, you know, losing children and imagining what it would be like to lose more, it's really a small scale compared to the way that God is at work and continues to be Mm. at work. I like too how you said at the very beginning when you're talking that you said, I didn't always do it well. And I think that's also a lie that we believe. We're like, okay, I read it. I see it. I got it. And then you fail and you think, oh my gosh, I don't believe it, you know? And I think sometimes just like fighting to constantly remind your heart that you believe, you know, like that's okay. Because I feel like sometimes women are in the fight and they feel like I shouldn't be have to fight so much. And I'm always like, no, fighting is me. Like you're in it. You haven't like laid down and said, I don't, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. No, keep fighting. Yeah. (laughs) Keep keep fighting. Yeah. I didn't always do it well. I did a lot of doubting and I did a lot of even after our daughter was born and buried, I spent, I think, probably three or four months. Um, I, re- I wrote about this in our Bible study, Open Your Bible, but I didn't, I couldn't open my Bible. That was the point of that. Um, uh. I couldn't open my Bible for months after she was born. And it was strange because the, you know, the three months of her sickness, I was so anchored to the word, like desperately needing it Mm. for oxygen, you know? And then after she died, I just, I was so despairing and just couldn't go to the word that I felt like had left me, let me down. Mm. And it took like sort of a spoon feeding of the word from my friends who had to come and just like read the word over me and just like to almost like restart my memory of Mm. the promises of God. So no, I did not always do it well. That's for sure. I'm thinking about like certain friends that I have right now that are just walking through just, you know, you have those situations that you're like, no one deserves that, right? Yes, um, yeah. And, I, and I'm thinking about just like, I have seen like the stages of grief almost, you know, like the yeah. stages of I'm mad. I can't this. God has left, you know, all these kind of things. Yep. And I think I, I, as a friend, it's been this challenge for me almost I would love to know how your friends walk through that with you. Because a friend, it's been like, listen, I'm your friend. And I, and friends are honest, right? Friends tell yeah. truth. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, when you're in these hard times, is that God hasn't left you. That's a truth, right? Mm-hmm. But I also want to be empathetic and be like, you know what? You're right. This is awful. This actually sucks. So I hate this. Mm-hmm. This is the worst thing that I can imagine walking through. I hate this with you. But also, God is so faithful and God hasn't left you. And God knew all the things. And so how did your friends kind of like do that dance with you of like empathy, truth, empathy, truth. What did that look like? You know, I I think just in the same way that I didn't always do it perfectly, neither did they. And I Mm -hmm. think that like that honestly gives me grace as a friend to know that 
I still love my people and I am so grateful for them. And so the ways they did it well, were not trying to shake me out of it. I think Mm. like, I think that particularly in my instance of grief, um, there was a a lot of patience and a lot of, and sometimes people got bored of me, I think. Mm. And that happens, but other times, you know, there wasn't a, you're doing this wrong. There was never that. And I was thankful for that, but just Mm. sort of a, like a long patience of you can't read the word today. I'm going to read it for you over you. You're going to hear it. Um, and, and then other ways they did it well was just to remind me that the church hadn't forgotten me. You know, mm-hmm. like the day we went to bury Evie, we came back and everything in our house was clean. People who didn't go to the burial had another job to do and it was to be the church to us. And that continued so steadily. We had a, people who were the church to us and people who said, call me if you need me. And then actually let me do that. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, my phone calls were at two or three in the morning when I couldn't sleep or when I was like spiraling and they would take my call and they would like pour a cup of coffee and they would sit up and just let me cry over the phone with them. And that is probably one of the hardest ways to be a friend in some ways. Cause you're just yeah. like, this isn't practical. Like I will right. be there tomorrow at 10. <laughs> I'll bring coffee. I'll bring donuts. And like, we can cry at a, like an okay hour. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I remember even in the moment going like, I'm asking a lot of this person, but mm-hmm. like then not apologizing and still just like really (laughs) being a very needy person. On the flip side of that, even Jamie, I was talking about like this Bible study that I'm leading with these women. And like last night, it wasn't what we had planned. It was a totally different format than I expected. And it ended up that one of the women was just really walking through a very difficult time that I had no idea about. Mm -hmm. And she lives across the street from me. And I had no idea everything that she was walking through. But as her friend, it was this really tough balance. Like you were talking about of going like, no, I need to remind you of what is true here. Or in her Mm. case, I need to tell you what is true here. Um, and then, you know, to be also to go like, no, that's, that should not have happened to you. Like, Mm -hmm. and to just sit on the side of like agreeing with her that that's not okay. You know, and you don't want to be that like girlfriend, like, you know, men suck. Sorry. (laughs) It's okay. I said bad A earlier. So, Uh, so, you know, but like, you don't want to be that because I want to be the study for them. Like I want to represent, you know, but I also, You have to enter into the like the emotion that is real. Yeah, because I think with the the pendulum swings too far either way is when it's hard, you know. And and I think too that's just like a learning thing. Just as a way that you learn to walk through grief if you've never done it before. I mean, everyone's gonna have the first time, right? Mm -hmm. And you learn through that. I think the first time you have like a friend who goes through just the horrible you're learning as well, you, really you know? Yeah. 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 And honestly, I found like one of the sweetest ways that I think we were able to handle last night, it was it, through prayer. Like at the mm. end, I was like, well, let's, I mean, we got to pray about this, you know? Mm. And so there were three of us and we, you know, grabbed hands and I prayed and like, that was my opportunity. I didn't preach through prayer, but mm-hmm. as I talked to my God, who I talked mm-hmm. to and we I have a relationship with, I reminded him of his promises. And by reminding mm-hmm. him of his, like, and Zephaniah, you said you like, you rejoice over us with singing and like you delight in us. And like, this is what your scripture tells us in talking to God about what he's promised us. I was able to minister even in prayer, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, and I think that like, sometimes that's a softer way for me to be able to, if I talk to God, it's so, it's so comfortable for me to talk mm-hmm. to him about his promises and then to leave the Holy Spirit to deliver that to her ears, you know? Right. Yeah. I think that you took a lot of responsibility off yourself. You know, the Holy Spirit can do more than we can. Oh, so. yeah. yeah. 
Ah, so wonderful. Okay, Rachel, here's where I ask people what they're loving. Yeah. And what they're reading. So you can start wherever you want. What three things you're loving and what are you reading? Well, I'm actively reading the book of Romans. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, of course you are. Yes. (laughs) Right in the middle of that. Um, But I am like poolside reading. Um, Currently, I just cracked open Cold Tangerines by Shauna Nikas. Yes. Uh I've had that copy for a while and I've never actually read it. And I've heard so many people say that like that is like, I guess lots of people have lots of opinions because Shauna's a great writer and she has so many yeah. great books. But so many people have said, like, that's my favorite. Maybe it's because it was their first Shauna book or for whatever reason. But I'm excited to be cracking that open with, with I feel like, with Shauna. <laughs> yeah. Have you read Bittersweet? I haven't read the whole thing. Okay. That was my first introduction to her as well. And Cold Tangerines, I haven't read. I just love the title. Like, I'm in. I know. Let's talk about I know. It. Yeah. And I know her as a speaker and as a writer and just, like, I'm sold. Like, like chapter one, like, oh, yeah, no, I feel all those things that you're saying. Mm -hmm. And that's a sign of a good book when it's not something that was written this year and it's current. And, you know, those are good books too, Yeah, but like that it has legs years later. Beautiful writer. Okay. What three things are you loving? I I've been trying to think about this. I think, so one thing that I'm loving uh, today when I was getting ready, um, I have, I have a thing for tennis shoes, (laughs) but like cute ones, like new balance, little, like, um, like J crew always does such a good job of picking up tennis shoes. And I have this new pair of gold New Balance tennis shoes. And they're just the right mix of like a lot of cream and a lot of gold. So they're not gaudy or flashy, uh-huh. but I was very happy to walk into the office today in my gold tennis shoes. I love that. I would have never thought that about you, this tennis shoe thing. Yeah. And I mean, maybe, I don't know. I just, I like to be comfortable. Like, oh, I will put on a pair of heels if I, and this is the introvert in me, like if I need to feel a little bit more powerful or a little more, uh-huh. I'll do that. But I want to be, I want to be in tennis I shoes. love it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yep. Yeah, for sure. Um, I also am, um, and this is a nerdy thing, but I, my laptop is so small. I have like a little MacBook, which I love, uh-huh. like if it's in a purse, but it, the screen is so tiny. So like, uh, this is a nerdy thing, but the thing I'm loving is a giant monitor. And Ooh. I've been trying to talk Amanda into this forever because her office is right next to mine and she works all day on her teeny tiny monitor. But I like, I just went to like Best Buy and bought this $300 monitor and it is enormous. It's curved. I think it says for an immersive gaming experience. <laughs> I haven't done any gaming on You're it. You're not playing Destiny in there? <laughs> I am working the spreadsheets like a boss. Um, My like, husband has that on his desk. He has like his laptop. Yeah. We both have MacBook Airs and yeah. then he has this like ginormous I monitor. I cannot recommend it enough. I can't yeah. believe and He goes back and forth. They're like connected that. somehow. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, that's, I love it. I, I'm probably a disappointment to your listeners that I love no, issues no. and a large monitor. Okay. What else? One more thing. Um, Oh, oh yes. Oh, we have a new member in our family. Yes. <laughs> I seriously, like, it's like, it is like a part of our lives in every day right now. So like two days ago, our nanny who we love, um, was like, Hey, like, would you guys ever consider getting like a Vitamix? Cause like, I know how to like rock a Vitamix. And we were like, okay, like we'll look into that. And so we did like a little research and a little talking to people that are smart about that. And we got one and it is like our new favorite thing. Like I came in this morning with a smoothie in my hand and like we made guacamole the other night. And like, I guess you can like make ice cream with it and like boil soup with it. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you Vitamix? We have a Vitamix. We bought one like 
car a couple of years ago. We got it refurbished. Refurbished? Right. I can't talk. Refurbished. Yeah, man. Because they're not cheap, no. you know? But even if we would have bought it full price, we've had ours for like, I would say five years at least. And we use it, you know, three times a week. Perfect. So it's it's worth the investment. We have made soup in it when we first got it. Uh, we it? use it mostly for smoothies. A lot of smoothies. I have one of my kids loves smoothies and my husband loves smoothies. I am not a smoothie lover. Our nanny, Anna, um, used to, I guess, work at some very healthy smoothie shop um, before she came to us. And so she knows how to sneak stuff in. Like, okay, I'm yeah. pretty sure, like, I, I I didn't taste it, but I saw an empty avocado shell on the counter this morning. <laughs> so, like, I'm pretty sure there was avocado in my smoothie and she put, you know, right. chia seeds and all sorts of foolishness in there and I eat it and get healthier for it. So, well, here's, yeah. here's something about me is that for me, breakfast, I will eat I want a hot breakfast or no breakfast. Yeah, that's fair. So smoothies are just like, eh, yeah. uh, I don't, I don't want it. I'm trying to get on board. I and I am on board actually, but um, more or less, like if you were to ask me what I wanted for breakfast, I will go to Cracker Barrel with you. We will. Oh, yes, <laughs> I want some scrambled eggs and bacon, yeah, I want some syrup, just the right yeah. amount. Of, yeah, I need to know how you made guacamole in that. Um, it came with a cookbook in the box. I, so I'm we gonna look like, it up after we get the phone. Yeah, I, I, I have to perfect it still because I like my guacamole really chunky. And like it, mm. you can only like pulse it like three or four times before it gets a little too soft. Yeah. And so then you've it. lost your favorite part of the guacamole. I think okay. Good, I love it. I think a good thing would be to like also like on the side, like dice up an avocado and then like stir that in at the end if you wanted it good and chunky. That's See, my, you that's just my made new a new recipe, Rachel. Yeah. I'm on it. <laughs> Happy to serve. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, okay. Well, listen, I have loved having you on the happy hour. Yeah. And next I'm on Nashville. I'm going to have to come out to the She Reads Truth office and say hi. I've always wanted to be on the happy hour. So like I'm, I'm, I'm so happy Friday. that you are. Yeah. This is a great happy hour. Yeah. Um, and so I'll put all the links up to everything we chatted about over my webpage, jamieivy.com. And I hope everyone goes and buys a Bible. And I hope that when this airs, it's not on back order. I mean, by September, we should be good. I think we should be good. Come yeah. on, come on, come more, on. We've got more Bibles printing as we speak. I love it. I love it. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much, Rachel. Yeah. Thanks for having me. You guys, I knew that you would love Rachel and I know that you did, right? I love everything that those girls are doing over at She Reads Truth and it was so fun to talk with Rachel. I loved reading parts of her book to you and to her as well. I also loved when she talked about her friends being there for her, even when it wasn't practical. 2 a.m. is not practical, but that is when friends show up. You guys, this last weekend was the Happy Hour Live and I cannot express to you how amazing it was. It was so beautiful, hosted out at Green Acres. The food was amazing. The weather could not have been more perfect. And all four of my lovely guests that joined me on stage were phenomenal. We had Jamie Golden, we had Jessica Thompson, we had Melanie Schenkel, Jess Connolly, Jessica Honiger even stopped by for a second. Guys, if you ever get a chance to come to one of these events, you should totally come, not just because I put them on, but because literally it's such a fun night. But not only is it a fun night, it's a night that I'm convinced because I've heard everyone say it, that you will leave feeling loved, encouraged, and with a little bit of pep in your step. It was fun having Rachel on today because I was reminded this weekend about how awesome She Reads Truth is because their publisher gifted every single person that came through the happy hour one of their new Bibles. And the coolest story from the night, well, I won't say the coolest because there were a lot of coolest stories, but one of my favorite stories of the night was when a girl came up to me and she was from Houston and she lost everything in Hurricane Harvey, everything. She looked at me and she said that one of the saddest things that she lost during the whole hurricane was her She Reads Truth Bible. And then that night she had one in her back and she had tears in her eyes as she said, thank you. 
And let me tell you, we heard stories like that over and over. Several women came from Houston that had lost everything in Hurricane Harvey. And you guys, I asked you guys to send stuff to me. And we took a truckload of stuff to the Disaster Relief Center here in Austin. And so thank you, thank you, thank you. Also this week, guys, I announced on my Instagram account that I have a book coming out. Yes, it is true. I wrote a book. It's coming out in January. You can get it on Amazon or wherever else you might buy your books. Barnes & Noble. I will confess the last night Aaron bought my book on barnesandnoble.com. Yes, he pre-ordered his own wife's book. I announced that you can join my launch team and it is only open to join until September 22nd. And when it fills up, it fills up. If it fills up before then, we'll let you know. I'd love for you to join me. It releases in January and goodness gracious, it would be so fun to have you join me in releasing it to the world. All you need to do is pre-order the book and then go join. You can go to ifyouonlynewbook.net. All the information you might need is right there. Ifyouonlynewbook.net. And don't worry, we'll put that over on my webpage. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Okay, guys, today's show was super fun with Rachel. I gave you a bunch of information about my launch team, last week's happy hour, the go-getters getaway. I cannot wait. I have, like have my fingers crossed that somebody that listens to the happy hour wins. That would be my just most favorite thing ever. Guys, today's show is edited by Chris with Podshaper, and the music is from my friend Jason Poe. Guys, enjoy your week. Share the show with a girlfriend. Have a happy hour with a friend, and I will see you right back here next Wednesday. Wednesday.